Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. So let's talk about jury duty, because yes, we're told it's our civic duty, but up until now, those chosen to decide on cases have gotten very little support after they finish that case. And when it comes to, you know, evidence and witness testimonies that you get in court, there is absolutely no filter on it. There's no warning. What jurors see and hear is way more than most can actually digest. And because of our laws and the way they're designed, jurors after the fact of a trial uh, aren't allowed to talk to anybody about what they consumed. Not allowed to talk to the media, not, to let, you know, not allowed to write a book like they do in the United States. They don't really have an outlet. It's just kind of like you've done your duty, now you get to go. Well, that now changes thanks to a juror who has really pushed for years to get more support for jurors in this country so that they can talk to somebody about what they saw, what they witnessed, what they consumed, and how to deal with cases of PTSD to sort it through the trauma. And this took five years, but the bill inevitably got unanimous consent. Mark Ferrand is founder and CEO of the Canadian Juries Commission. Great to have you, Mark. Thanks for having me on. And I think it's important to find, you know, you are the man, you are the first juror uh, behind this. Um, you, in 2014, were sitting on a five-month-long trial. This was a murder trial of a young university student, and you were the foreman um, on this trial. And you led this fight, but you're, you're not the only one. You had others come forward, but I, I have to think, after this many years, this is quite gratifying. It, it is. It's, it's, a, it's been a, a journey for this bill. It's been a journey for our fledgling organization and, and really for jurors um, seeking improvements to both jury duty itself and, and um, certainly increased supports for, for mental health for jurors who've performed their civic duty. Um, this, this is uh, five years for this particular uh, bill and four bills later as well. It, it, uh, it suffered through uh, a number of technicalities. It was never voted down. Um, it, it died on the vine, uh, on the on the floor of the Senate and on the floor mm -hmm. of the House of Commons, like so many private members' bills do. And uh, and we're just really fortunate that senators and MPs uh, were as dedicated as I was to seeing this pass. Yeah, I mean, it might have started with you, but certainly uh, you and a number of other jurors from other high-profile cases, including people who had to sit in on the uh, Paul Bernardo uh, master matter, um, who would have seen just horrific uh, things. Um, you know, you all testified, you know, to, to lawmakers about what you had gone through. Um, you know, some of you, you in past have, have described the experience of a plane crash. I mean, it's what we report, and, and because I covered um, courts for so long, Mark, I mean, I, I know what it's like to be in that room. I know what it's like to deal with juries. You're kind of isolated. We're not allowed to talk to you. You're not allowed to talk to us. There's no real communication. It's just you and your colleagues. Um, and, and as you know, most of what is seen in the media is very, very sanitized um, to what is actually going on in that courtroom. And so for you, uh, what happened? I mean, obviously, we can't talk about the details of the case, but what happened with your mental state? 
Well, you're you're absolutely right. It's it's an isolation, and it's a it's it's a burden, and it's part of the civic duty because you're you're charged with really the last stage of of this case, which is seeing it through in in whatever form it's going to materialize. Um, you're you're not allowed to talk to anyone about the case that you're on, and you're not even really allowed to talk to other jurors in your cohort during the during the uh, trial itself. So you're very isolated. And it's that it's that sense of burden. And a lot of jurors have talked about not only, you know, the, the graphic material, which speaks to itself, obviously, is, is very traumatic for for ordinary citizens who have no training. Uh, jury duty um, is uh, a civic responsibility, but there's there's no preparation for that material. Um, no professional development. Um, you're really coming in um, naked, as it were, to the events mm. of this case and having no background. But a lot of jurors talk about that that sense of guilt and shame and remorse that they have, that they carry through their entire lives if a case is um, uh, is sort of a lesser verdict or an acquittal, which is part of the process. And, and, and it's not the jury's fault. It means that the evidence didn't meet um, the statutes of limitations uh, uh, to reach a conviction. And that's what mm -hmm. our justice system is all about. But jurors walk back into society not having any means to, to um, uh, deal with those emotions and have any avenue to express their, uh, their, their sense of grief. And so that's what this, why this bill is so important, because it's, it's now removing... Um, a legal barrier that's been in place for, for decades and allows a juror to have a fair and open conversation with a therapist without breaking the law. Yeah, I mean, so it's so different uh, when you look at the United States and how their court system uh, works versus ours. And I'm not suggesting we should go in line with the United States. Um, you know, you get jurors coming out, they come onto the front steps with all the cameras there, they'll talk about the case, how they came to their decision, they're going to write a book, they go on all the talk shows. That does not happen in this country. The fact is, I can't ask you anything, and I won't ask you anything about what you saw in your case, because I'd be breaking the laws, and you could be breaking the laws. So it's a very different way that our systems work. But even, you know, Mark, I still, um, and, and other court reporters, I, I see Randall Dooley's autopsy shots in my head every single day, almost at the same time. Every single day for the last 20 years, I've seen his autopsy shots there every day because they were that shocking. It doesn't just go away because we aren't used to seeing those kinds of things. Courtrooms are very technical, but people are not. It doesn't go away, and it stays with you through your uh, your entire life. And and again, jurors don't have any um, professional development or or tools to distance themselves from that material, like other actors in the courtroom, um, it, the crown, a defense, the judge, um, and uh, and court officers, and other folks who who uh, work in the justice uh, system have some mm -hmm. level of training to to separate themselves from the from that material Police officers to who we, we we've uh, connected with on a, on a number of mental health bills um, PTSD impacts yeah. jury members um, more significantly because they don't have that that development um, and uh, the lack of preparation and sadly the lack of uh, mental health supports across the country which is really a patchwork state that we have. Uh, it's not universal. So some provinces have yeah. some support for jurors post-trial and other provinces and territories have nothing at all. 
And, you know, you speak to the U.S. Um, yes, you know, American jurors can stand on the steps of the courthouse and, and talk about, you know, their their decision making process, but they don't have any mental health supports either. Um, yeah. And so many of them are in the same state where, you know, they're expecting there to be some type of apparatus to help them after a difficult case. And there's nothing. Yeah, and, and and I will mention. I mean, there's a huge amount of pressure put on a jury. Um, you know, you you see the families, you see those victims of violent crime, and there's a connection built. You know, as juries do, that you're there to do a job, and you know, it, it's a lot of pressure. Uh, and, and it's you know, it, it brings up a whole other side of a, of emotions and and a, and a burden of guilt. I think for a lot of jurors who have to do this. Look, Mark, uh, it's a it's not a small thing. You uh, stuck to it. You brought change, and I very much appreciate you joining us. Oh, thank you. It was a real pleasure to talk to you. Really appreciate it. That is Mark Ferrant. He is now the founder and CEO of the Canadian Juries Commission. But once upon a time, he was a foreman in a jury who needed to change things. And he did. Five years of his life, a number of jurors also testifying to bring about this change. It is a good change, long overdue. And now I would suggest that we need a change to have victims in this court system are treated. Yes, we have victim services, but no question about it. When it comes to the scales of justice, yes, we must balance the rights of the accused, but there must be much, 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 much more support for those who are literally destroyed trying to get justice for their loved ones. It is just, honestly, it is a heartbreaking what these families go through and how they are completely left behind as well. So I'd love to see an overhaul on that.